The wellness world can feel overwhelming, but it doesn't need to be. Whether you're new to natural health or know the ins and outs, join HealthPost as we uncover the latest wellness trends, ingredients worth trying, and surprising insights to help you choose well. Welcome to Choose Well, the HealthPost podcast. Today you'll be hearing from Bo Hendigan, founder of Absolute Essential, Florence Van Dyke, co-founder of Chia Sisters and head of sustainability at New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, and me, Lucy Butler, values lead at HealthPost. Today we're chatting about social responsibility, sharing our sustainability journeys, and some tips for how you can influence positive change from your favorite natural health brands. So looking forward to this conversation with you both, Florence and Bo, being keen to get stuck into these topics. Yes, it's definitely one of my favorite topics to talk about. Me too. I think I could talk all day on all yeah. of the things you just described. <laughs> Should we kick off with your recent recognition, Bo, at the New Zealand Natural Products Awards? Sure. Yeah, that sort of means to you and how that feels like a kind of culmination of some of the values-based work that you've been doing at Absolute Essential for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. We started, uh, or I started the company with with having a value-based business in mind from the start. And that makes it so much easier to really align all your your whole journey and all your values towards this one point. And when we were awarded the Corporate Social Responsibility Award, it's just a, a recognition of of all the work you've done without really wanting recognition. It's just you do it because it makes sense. It's my why. It's why I get out of bed in the morning. But to recognize gives you that additional, wow, people are actually noticing, you know, and wow, we've done that. You know, it's it's an incredible feeling of it's worth it. It's all worth it. Then winning the Supreme Award was a complete surprise, I have to say. I think we had some very steep competition there. There were some incredible winners this year, which have done a huge job. All of the winners actually have done an incredible job. Yeah, I was I was a bit um, speechless. <laughs> oh, super well deserved from our perspective, having worked with you for a long time yeah. and been um, Thank you. Yeah, really followed your journey and, and, as you say, your commitment to doing things that feel true to your values and your vision. And great to see that being recognised. And I guess that's yeah. something that I'd, I'd love to sort of explore with you both as well is around how it really feels, I guess it feels to me and my role within Health Post and, and things and just in the broader culture and community at the moment as well, that we're really reaching kind of a point where there's been this chipping away for so long based on, and certainly, I mean, for us at Health Post, you know, it's been 35 years now and, you know, those founding visions and, and value that my, values that my mum put in place have evolved over that time as the needs and, you know, the whole overall climate and culture that we're operating in has shifted and the needs have shifted. And we've responded to that, but also stayed really true to that core purpose, which I think as you're saying, Bo, is so important because there's never a, a, a you know, well, I mean, in some cases there is a right or wrong, but with so many of these things, it's actually knowing where are your values, why are you doing what you do, and that allows you to navigate the complexities of all of these various sustainability and social issues because, you know, you're not just being buffeted by kind of opinion and publicity and things you're actually able to come back to that north star and go okay well there's all of these pros and cons but actually what we're really prioritizing and valuing is this you know and we've been really upfront with our team and our customers and our brand partners and everything else about the fact that these are the things that we stand for and it just makes it so much easier to cut through what is just such a complex 
area and I'd be really interested in your thoughts on that Florence too as both a business founder in that ethical space and uh, your work with NZTE because you know you must be really in a good position to see well, how's how things shifting in this cultural moment and you know what are those opportunities but also the challenges for businesses in there? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on. Pick up on two points there. One is that there is definitely a snowball effect happening in the sustainability space at the moment, and it is suddenly becoming mainstream. And with that, it's also transitioning quite quickly. What you know, sustainability meant five years ago, it means actually something quite different now. And I think that's a fantastic shift for business. Businesses are responsible for a lot of the world's environmental and social crises, and now businesses are being held accountable by consumers, employees, investors, and that's really driving the systems change. A couple of studies recently have shown that sustainability, particularly in Western countries, but globally, is a top five value driver. And some people respond to that, oh, do people just say that they will spend money on sustainable products, but then not actually follow through? And more and more, the data is showing that sustainable brands are growing faster than their counterparts, which I think is a really exciting shift globally for the business community. And on your second point, I think with this shift, it becomes more and more important for businesses to focus on their values. You can't win at everything. So figuring out what is your purpose, what do you stand for, and achieving the highest level in that area and being really transparent and open about it, taking consumers on that journey. I think that's where I'm seeing some really awesome leadership and sustainability at the moment. I think um, if I could add something to that is, you know, with the shift of sustainability in general, consumers don't really know what it actually means. So I think it's our job as business leaders to take the consumer with us and actually really step-by-step step show the sustainable impacts we are having because it's not just a, I mean, sustainability, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. You know, to be perfectly frank, I think that words like bio, sustainability, green on your packaging, they don't mean anything anymore to consumers. There is so much greenwashing out there that that is simply the table stakes for any business, no matter what it's doing or not doing, trying to get a step ahead and get some of that value that we know consumers are paying for. But on the other side, I do think consumers, yes, they don't know exactly what sustainability means, but I actually think they're being upskilled very, Absolutely. very quickly. Absolutely, correct. And I think that brands that aren't doing the right thing in this space will increasingly be called out because of that. Uh, yeah. especially younger consumers are so much more savvy um, and expecting so much more data and transparency. Mm. I think we're in a really interesting time for that greenwashing space. Yeah, the greenwashing space is the most annoying, annoying thing for me. And for brands, be transparent because you'll be found out and then to, to get that consumer loyalty back again is going to be really hard, you know. It's also one of the most useful things, and certainly for us as a retailer, that we can actually do, I think, to advance sustainability in our business. I mean, there's loads of ways that we try and work toward delivering on our vision to have this lasting positive impact on, on people and planet. We've got regeneration, you know, nature, nature-based work, our regeneration project, the Farewell Spirit, we've got all manner of really wonderful initiatives, but I still feel like drawing back to that core purpose really, you know, connecting consumers with 
really good information. <laughs> you know, like yes. you don't have to know all of the jargon and, you know, the latest trends and sustainability and generation, everything else, to understand as a consumer the importance of being connected with really good, truthful, clear information about the products that you're looking at, at purchasing. You know, like, again, it can be reduced back to those really, you know, basic kind of principles. And I think for, for us, we've been really lucky in that our customers have just really shown us over decades that there's a real willingness to engage at that level. You know, people want to know. We get you know, we have our customers, particularly our long-standing repeat customers, you know, they really want to know and that's just come through so consistently for us. So it's been really, uh, they've really kept us accountable and I think that's been, that's been really important and then because we are a retailer, that's enabled and encouraged us to have so many conversations with the businesses that we partner with and the brands that we stop and just ask so many more questions of them than I think is typical, you know, and that's been something that's really surprised us, I guess, over the years, not maybe so much now, and it is shifting now as well, but when we started really digging in on some of this stuff maybe 10 years ago, you know, we just get, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, as a response to where ingredients were sourced and what supply chain impacts were, or even what was in product sometimes, you know, wasn't readily available to the people that were supplying them, you know, and that's really changed and we feel really, or for me, yeah, personally, I feel really proud of the work that we've done in helping to shift that, you know, mm. we have businesses, brands that are looking to be stocked in an ethical retailer you know, expect to actually be able to answer some of these harder questions that, you know, it felt like a few years ago that expectation wasn't there and then to be able to connect consumers with that information and the knowledge that, again, you know, there's not maybe not going to be a perfect solution in, in all of these product categories, but uh, at least people have good information and better choices to be able to actually decide for themselves what is most important and where they want to spend their money because if we can't empower that, but that shift, you know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to make the changes that we need to make. How do you how what what do you think would be key points which you look for in brands and which you pass on to the consumer to give them the confidence that they've found a truly ethical and sustainable brand? Well, so we've got a really comprehensive onboarding process that we go through. That's everything from packaging to supply chain to ingredients. You know, so there's a bunch of ingredients, obviously, that we won't range any products that have those ingredients. There's a there's a number. It's a holistic process of assessing mm. overall. You know, is this bad? We try and take a supportive approach to it. So we're not. I mean, I guess I think another thing that relates to that's what we're talking about. And, and what you were mentioning, Florence, in terms of the growth in this area and some of the complexities that that throws up is, you know, that we can have a bit of a calling out kind of culture around it, you know, that then creates this sort of paralysis because people are in fear. So you've got a, mm. you've got a bunch of businesses dominating the airwaves with some quite simplistic, not necessarily verifiable statements about their environmental impact, et cetera. But then you've got also a whole lot of other people that don't want to say anything because they're so afraid they're going to, get it wrong and you know that because there's no sort of perfect solution they're kind of you know pulling back from actually even engaging in the space so and that's certainly been our experience anyhow with working with you know a number of well-intentioned brands and businesses over the years and just really trying to take a supportive approach to some of those criteria so you know we've obviously got our kind of lines in the sand around it but there's also a number of 
brands where it's like, well, they actually would be really open to being connected with a better packaging choice or a better preservative mm. choice, you know. So it's about sharing that knowledge and, and information rather than kind of taking a competitive or exclusive approach to it as well, I think. I think that's so cool and I think you should feel really proud of what you're doing and that broader supply chain and that broader systems change because that is really how we can make impact. Mm. We're, we're not going to change the world by all operating in our silos and trying to do better. It's doing what you're doing, asking your suppliers, you know, do you meet the standard? That is how to really get that um, ripple effect, which is really exciting. And I, I do seriously believe, especially in a a country, a small country like Aotearoa, that that collaboration, that is going to be our key to to really shifting yeah. the needle. Because if we are all sharing, for example, our carbon hotspots and potential solutions and working together, that is going to be so much more powerful than what any one business can achieve alone. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's right. And particularly in the carbon space, a great example for that, you know, because this is the systemic stuff, you know, we can't, like the more, the deeper knowledge you get of your own carbon emissions, the more you, you know, connected you are to the fact that this is all collaborative work, you know, I mean, there's, there's a certain number, certainly with our footprint, there's a certain number of things that we can influence directly, but the vast majority is, you know, it's, it's working with other businesses to try and come up with these with these solutions so yeah and we found that again there's a real um, generosity and willingness there and that seems to be growing year on year to actually share you know share learnings in these spaces and you know yeah we, we don't it's not a, um, the kind of more competitive mindset I guess that there might have been you know even five years ago but do you want to tell us a little bit about Geosisters I'm sure you've talked about this at length already, Florence, in so many different ways. And, you know, you guys have done some amazing things in terms of establishing and growing a, a business that stayed true to its values. And just interested, yeah, in any kind of particular, yeah, learnings from that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes back to what I was saying earlier around the definition of sustainability changing. When we when we founded Chair Sisters 10 years ago, we said that sustainability would be a core value. And it's easy to say that as a small business, but people ask, like, what is that going to look like as you grow, as you start exporting around the world? How much more impact could we have as we get bigger? How can we use our impact to support our growth and our growth to support our impact? And that's really been the mindset that we've had from day one and I think it's put us in really good stead there's been some huge step changes in our business like going from a contract manufacturing model where we were outsourcing our production to bringing that in-house and when we did that we had to move into our own factory and that was a, a very expensive and risky transition for us but we decided that sustainability would have a seat at the table because that was a major business decision and through that process we lined our new factory with solar panels, we hired amazing staff and we paid them the living wage, whereas you know, that factory staff had previously been on, on minimum wage. And we, we really tried to keep sustainability at the fore through a really difficult time. And I think that has just pulled off in, in evidence over the years because we've been able to stay true to that to that value as we grow. And I think that's really been a core part of our success. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's great. It's so interesting often to look at those challenges and those risks. And I'd love to hear from you on that too, Bo. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there's examples as well. There's one that comes to mind for me that, I, that I'd love to share. But I, 
but yeah but Bo do you feel like there's those moments when you look back again when you've been doing it for a few years and you look back uh like you're saying Florence and kind of go okay that was the point at which we actually had to take a bit of a risk and take a bigger step than maybe felt totally comfortable at the time on the basis of what it is that we're really valuing and then how that uh kind of shakes down in the longer term did you have anything on that Bo that you wanted to to Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, I started Absolute Essential also 35 years ago. So it's one thing Health Boss and Absolute Essential have in common. It's a yeah. long time. You know, it's yeah. it's three and a half decades. And one of those key moments for me was actually I was um, European born and I studied aromatic medicine in France and we had some suppliers and I traveled through Africa and I proceeded to meet some of those suppliers. And that's probably where my sustainability and there must be a better way journey started. I saw the impact this raw material had on our health in the Western world. And then I looked at the the poverty it created in the country of where we are sourcing. That just made no sense to me. So I just thought to myself, there must be a better way. We must be able to create prosperity at the source of manufacturing with a really good quality, which can then go all the way through the value chain to the consumer. That journey and pulling that all together over years where it wasn't popular and it wasn't on everybody's lips was incredibly challenging. And there were key moments where people thought I'm completely out of my mind even thinking about this, you know. And uh, especially things are more expensive when you want to do it a different way. And we always chose value over profit. And to take this solid approach of building this infrastructure of this business with these values has taken slowly, slowly, step by step. We've just been able to come to this point where we have it's never finished. It's a journey, right? When we haven't uh, arrived at a destination and it's finished, but we are on this journey and I'm really enjoying this journey. I'm seeing the change it makes in customers. I'm seeing the change it makes in our relationship with our suppliers and our relationship with our retailers. And, you know, it's couldn't be more satisfying, really. I'm interested to know, do you think, you know, you said it was expensive at the time, but do you think when you look back, both from a profit and values perspective, it's paid off now, 25 years later? It's paying off. It's not just in, in chunks. It's just paying off in time, you know. I think mm-hmm. the greatest satisfaction you can get out of anything you do in life is really feeling like you leave a legacy and you made a change and a difference, leaving the world in a better place. And that's the value. I mean, yes, there's money and money money is great. Money Money gives us choices and we need money to grow and scale. But yes, they've all been worth it. And I've made lots of wrong decisions as well. You know, it's a great a great point about the relationship building too. Like I really think that's it's where you kind of take those risks and particularly when you're clear about why you're doing it without knowing whether it's fully going to pay off or whether, you know, there's always going to be some pain and some disruption that's going to come with that, you know, that it's not just going to affect you, actually, that's going to affect other people and other businesses as well when you're, when you're trying to change things. So, you know, there's a real act of trust that actually in the longer term, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons, regardless of not being able to fully control the outcome. And then seeing, I think, the impact over time that that kind of decision making has on relationships and how the depth and strength then of those relationships to sort of cut to loop back again to that point about 
sustainability needing this collaborative approach, you've actually got the depth and the trust and the relationships then that enables you to actually work on solving some of these complex issues. bigger issues. Mm. Build it through, yeah, through, you know, integrity and and, and honesty and the way that you relate, but also through those difficult Mm. times, I think, you know, a real example of that for us, I think, was when we first introduced our uh, ingredient standards, you know, quite a few years ago now, but it was the culmination of, and we'd always had informal informal ingredient standards operating, but we decided it was really time to do a a really big piece of work around it. You know, it was a year or two in in the making in terms of the naturopathic research and things that went into it. And there's an ever-evolving piece of work that sits behind you know, our mindful brands and various sort of customer facing pieces of, of work now but you know the original sort of underpinning of that of these ingredient standards that we invested a huge amount of time and energy into the research and being making sure that we were making the best decisions possible but at the end of the day we had to make some really difficult decisions and it involved you know deleting some really popular products and brands mm-hmm. Involves some really difficult conversations with owners and managers of those brands, with customers who were having products taken away that they wanted to be able to purchase from us and had been purchasing from us, and even with our team, you know, who were then at the forefront of actually needing to explain to customers why they could no longer get a popular sunscreen that they wanted or, you know, these different things. So, yeah, there was definitely quite a bit of pain uh, involved in that but we and we definitely had to you know pause sort of before pushing on it going okay this is you know this is going to be costly in terms of energy financially you know in the short term but within a year or two I think it was so clear respect and leadership within the industry even from those brands that might not have liked or agreed with all our decisions at the time you know really you know lifted up those relationships and that and that leadership position in the industry and with our customers as well and I think most perhaps poignantly for me with our team you know again even those that wouldn't have agreed with those individual decisions necessarily at that specific level really spoke to being proud to work for a business that actually put its values before profit in these really tangible ways that they experienced because they were actually involved in managing, you know, those decisions and the fallout of those decisions. And I think that the accumulated goodwill and trust that was built through that process just so outweighed the sort of spiky bits along the way. So I think that was a really, I think we've kind of gone, we've just kept building on that momentum since then in part because those there were such sort of unpowerful takeouts from that experience. I love that. And it sounds like a moment that was very difficult, but one that you're very mm. proud of. So I'm wondering what, what are you most proud of in Absolute Essentials sustainability story and journey? What stands out as something that, that was difficult? Were you held true to your values like that? I think the most proud... Uh, I am in regards to absolute essentialists that we're living and breathing what we believe and we're setting an example and and just the example that it actually can be done for business our size, which hopefully leaves everybody in the bigger business world speechless and they don't have any more excuses and get on with it. (laughs) I really feel that we as business leaders need to, we need to lead the industry we need to lead the customer for a better future. We're actually running out of time, so we really need to get going. I mean, what's the what's the greatest learning? You know, the greatest challenges I've always had is like, oh, no, you can't do that. No, why would you do that? It's going to cost so much money. Oh, no, that's not possible. That doesn't exist. And the no's gave me the greatest inspiration to find yeses. I like the word yes. And 
I think there are yeses. You just need to be open to find them, you know, so there are solutions. And I live in the future. I don't live in the past. The past is, is something I learn from and move on, you know, so the future is where we make the changes. Yeah, that's a great point that I would like to pick up on there too, Bo, and I'd be really interested in your perspective on it through, you know, your role in NZTE as well. Florence is, you know, I think like we're a nation of small, small, medium businesses, aren't we? Largely small businesses. And it's, I think that's something that and I get lucky enough to have the opportunity to talk quite often to businesses about our um, nature regeneration work through the Health Post Nature Trust, which we formed to take the lead in partnership of regenerating the biodiversity and the landscape at Whareriki and Fuel Spit, and which is very near to our Collingwood operational hub. And I think one of the things that I really want to try and get across about that project, but it applies to all the areas we've been talking about as well, you know, you don't have to be a really big business to be, if you trust that actually, again, to come back to that theme of collaboration, that there is so much energy in our communities for change right now. As a smaller or medium-sized business, as you're saying, Bo, you can actually put a stake in the ground and take the lead on these things. And, you know, our experience has been overwhelmingly and far more than we would have expected you know, that other people will get on board with mm. that vision. And, I mean, I'm sure you have some opportunities in your role, Florence, to have these conversations with businesses as well. It's like you don't have to wait until you're a Kiwi bank or, you know, actually. Yeah, we're having conversations like that all the time. And what I'm blown away by is just the when businesses collaborate within their industries, how much faster the change can be. And as you say, you know, most businesses in New Zealand are small businesses and the power that they have when they combine is, you know, it's just as much as those bigger ones. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And a really awesome example of that in Tatoe, who on the top of the south, is the Businesses for Climate Action mm. program. So Chloe and I really realised when we were going through this process of thinking about sustainability, we're just one small business in the top of the South Island. By far the biggest impact that we can have is by influencing others. So we set up Businesses for Climate Action with the mindset to try and make our business community in Whakatū Nelson more sustainable mm -hmm. and more collaborative in especially the, the climate space. It's been so cool to see um, what's been achieved through that. We've got mm -hmm. a fleet management group that are working together to share low emissions and zero carbon vehicles. We piloted using reusable pallet covers in our factory rather than single-use plastic. And we just shared that data, the cost, the savings, um, the amount of plastic. And we shared that with you know the likes of King Salmon and Pix Peanut Butter, mm -hmm. businesses that are far bigger than ourselves and have now taken that on themselves because we could act as a little pilot for them. I really resonate with what you're saying. Even if you're a small business, find your area, share that data, share those solutions, and that's how we can all make the most change. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a great example to the palette rat, as you're saying, the alternative approach to that, because I think it so highlights how smaller businesses that we're all speaking to now, you know, that we're actually in a position to be a little bit more innovative and agile with these things often than, you know, your larger businesses where decisions, and particularly where, and I guess for all of us, we're actually the founders of the businesses who founded them based on certain values get to really directly influence that decision making. And that's mm. something that often gets lost. At 
as businesses grow into the larger scale, this is no longer such a direct line between the founder values and the decisions that are actually being made on the ground. So I think there's a really powerful role for smaller businesses to play in piloting some of these things, as you say. And, you know, one of the things that we really try and do through Health Post, again, as a retailer, and coming back to the point that, you know, no one can do everything, and it's sort of recognising, well, where's your opportunity to really create value for people, you know, and, and the specific role that you play. And I guess for us as a retailer, it's really helping to share and elevate some of the stories from smaller businesses, the mm-hmm. natural products businesses and Aotearoa that are doing amazing things but have so little opportunity often actually to be communicating with customers and finding their people, you know, about the ways that they are actually raising the bar. So that's something that's really super satisfying to be able to actually provide a platform to get some of these stories out from some of these really, you know, unique and innovative uh, natural products brands that we have here and Aotearoa like both of your businesses as well you mm-hmm. know it's fun and to be able to share and make that connection between consumers who care and and businesses that are actually genuinely doing things and I guess to, to come on like I'd love to get thoughts from you both on what kind of questions and approaches I guess consumers can be taking to help make sure that their spending is achieving what they want that they that when they're buying for a brand and they're buying for ethical reasons that you know that that is creating the change that they want to see or how they can encourage brands that may not be as far on that journey to make positive changes as well because at the end of the day it's like that's where the that's where the power is really isn't it with the consumer so yeah, oh, yeah. yeah your mm. thoughts on, on that I mean, the consumer, the power of the consumer has really been shown dramatically in the no plastic bags in supermarkets. I mean, I was that annoying customer who every time I I went to the supermarket said, no, I don't want any plastic bags. I take your cardboard boxes. And that has just flipped everything. It's just the change was so fast when the consumer wanted it that every retailer needed to keep up with it. And it's the same, really, I think the consumer... They're looking for congruency. You know, they're looking at the company's presentation, the company's product in general, the ingredients, but they're also looking at the social media feed and, you know, how they're communicating with customers. I think the transparency is more and more important for consumers from the supply chain all the way to, you know, how how they operate their business, their ethics, their values. I think official recognitions like awards and certifications are also really important to give the consumer the confidence that they are supporting the right brand. So it's a combination of all of those things which make them awesome people to work. I mean, we are working for consumers, really. So it makes it awesome to work for consumers which are really knowledgeable and appreciate what we do. I absolutely agree with that. And I think the number one thing I would say to consumers is you have the power. Yeah. Businesses only exist because of consumer spending. And, you know, we know right now that if the world decides you stop using fossil fuels tomorrow, that those businesses would, uh, wouldn't exist anymore. And I, I know that simplifying things as a business owner, you understand that much more in depth. And sometimes I feel like consumers don't realize how much power they have. Yeah. Spend your money where your values are. Mm. And, that is what you know makes businesses run and makes the economy run and i think also i think it's really really confusing out there at the moment there is so much greenwashing going on i think the most important thing is to think about what your values are what do you want to Mm. support and become an expert in that one thing it's impossible i work in the space and 
I can't keep up with every different issue, you know, biodiversity loss and packaging. It's just there's so much going on at the moment. I would say choose what it is. Do you want to support women-led businesses? Do you care about climate change? Become an expert in that one thing. Find the certifications that are real or the stories that are real and support the brands that reflect that. And I think to your last point, Lucy, on the power of calling out brands for change, absolutely do it. And I think that's the power of social media now. Commerce Commission hitting up some brands for sustainability issues recently. And pretty quickly, the CEO of those companies got in touch to dispute the claims and then say they were changing. But I mean, it's a very, very fast way to make change to get something in the media. So if you don't agree with... um with what's being, yeah, if you don't agree with a brand's values or with their alignment, post it on social media, get your friends to share it and like it. And I think that's one of the best tools that consumers have right now to make change. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that's right. That's that immediate accountability, isn't it? And I think, yes, yeah, that's right. It's just, just become so exponential with the power of social media, as you say. I sort of feel like somewhere's been based in a small community for so many <laughs> decades. We've sort of always been to some extent connected to that because, you know, there's, there's a real immediate accountability to that community. You know, we're one of the largest mm-hmm. employers in a small area, you know, and if we make a decision that doesn't stack up with what we say we believe in, we're going to get some really real and fast feedback on that you know that we can have to redirect our energies so yeah I feel like that's absolutely amplifying that so important and that point about you know consumers really having the power I mean that's always in my mind again as a business owner and possibly not as much as it should be as a consumer it's hard to retain that realization as a consumer but as a business owner as you say you know it so well I mean everything that we do if we go out and plant trees out at Farariki like we did on Friday we're doing that because our customers care you know that's that's what makes that possible you know there's a direct line really between any of these activities that we take not just from our own values but also from the fact that actually there are enough other people out there that care you know about these things so I think yeah just really uh, taking every opportunity to connect people with that and hence as you're saying Bo the infuriation with the um, greenwashing you know it's just the worst you know like particularly when you're taking those customers that do care and are prepared to pay more and do know what their values are and do try and shop according to those values and then feeding them misinformation, <laughs> you know, it's just like the most depressing thing I feel like that's happening in, in the space. And that's not to say everyone's going to get it right all the time and there are innocent mistakes that happen and, yeah, we've all got to kind of do better, I think. And, and just in clear use of language as well, there's so much, I think, that's in terms of as a consumer, what we can do just really like having that lens of critical awareness when it comes to the language that's being used you know if it sounds vague and it sounds a bit too good to be true and it sounds you know you just Mm -hmm. you start and again I guess it's different for for all of us again as business owners and working in the space you can hear the slightly false note that comes through and you know the copy around certain things and it may just be as much as exaggerating achievements or maybe doing something great over here but not mentioning that you know there's a whole lot of other areas in the business where perhaps those values aren't carrying through. I mean social responsibility some people just think about employment and and how we treat our employees and stuff But it's not that. I mean, corporate social responsibility is how do you communicate 
with your stakeholders, but also how do you communicate with your with your consumers? How transparent are you about what you say? Greenwashing doesn't really fall into that responsibility. I mean, our responsibility is to be as transparent as we can to mm. call it what it is in regards to what we've got in the bottle, what it's for, you know, right. how is it used, what impact it makes on this community in Nepal, for example, which can feed their family if you are buying that one product, mm. you know, so. Mm. I was going to say on that, I actually also, I don't think that consumers are looking for perfection. You know, every business is having some negative impact on the environment and and consumers understand that. And I think they want to be taken on a journey and they want transparency mm. and they want honesty and far more than trying to say you're perfect, actually saying, hey, things aren't looking that good, but um, we've decided to do something about it. This is our plan. Hold us accountable. That is actually what's really resonating with consumers right now. So I think for businesses listening to this, like, don't be scared to open up and be transparent. That's actually how you'll get a greater connection with your consumers and probably the best way for you to be held accountable with, with a sustainability plan as well. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that point. I think where, where we've gone out to our customers with a, this isn't perfect, you know, these are the issues, this is what we're doing about it, we love your feedback, we've got the best engagement and response and built the most trust with our customers through the imperfections and being, you know, I think businesses often tend to really underestimate customers' ability to, people's ability to just hold the, that, those complexities. You know, we all know mm -hmm. that there are a huge number of challenges. We all know that things aren't perfect. We're not looking to businesses to tell us that things defeat us, you know, oversimplified versions of reality. You know, I think that our experience has always been where we've shared a bit more and we've shared a bit more of the gritty stuff or behind the scenes, you know, that's um, all the things that we're really grappling with. That's been a really rewarding and positive experience. I've always felt encouraged to do more. Yeah, it's a great point to raise for any businesses that might be tuning in because I think just be prepared to work that edge a little bit more, I think is a great, is a great point. There's so much help out there and people want to help. You see, I mean, I want to help. So our customers want to help. So yeah, it's, it's um, not underestimate the help which consumers and other brands can be to you, you know, and, and you to them. Exactly, yeah. And that value of third-party certifications too, as you mentioned, Bo, like, and I love that we've all been through the B Corp process and, you know, that in terms of being a really good 360-degree, you know, holistic assessment that doesn't allow you to just simply shine in one area whilst neglecting, you know, other areas and, and within that provides so many helpful tools for actually raising the bar and understanding what, what best practice might be in different spaces that might not be your strength, you know. So we found that really valuable. And one thing that I thought of when you were talking about the customer side of it, Bo, is, you know, that I loved that that had a really strong customer stewardship section in it because I think often, as you say, that's something that gets sort of left out of the sustainability conversation is actually that responsibility to our customers first and foremost, you know, or not first and foremost, but as up there, absolutely up there with, you know, the environment and our team and, you know, that they're really, it's a really um, a key that we're doing the right thing by our customers and living up to those expectations and trust that's placed in us. As a takeaway, you know, from from this conversation, I think I would like to encourage consumers to be engaging with brands and really supporting and encouraging them to do better, but also to support them with, with a purchase because we all are commerce enterprises and 
with purchase, we can make great changes, you know, as long as we are aligned with our ethics while we're scaling and our values. I think it would be great for consumers to, yeah, just get that confidence of who they are as an entity within this whole puzzle of innovations, which we're all in at the moment. I mean, we're reinventing the, the globe, really. And it's exciting times. It's scary times, but it's exciting times for us. And for brands to just, I mean, hey, pick up the phone, give me a call. If I can help you, I will, you know. So just just share the knowledge and help us all to make this little island and the globe a great place Absolutely. to live. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Bo. And I think businesses do have the power to solve some of the greatest environmental crises that are facing our planet at the moment. And so much free resources yep. out there. Business owners like ourselves are all too happy to help. We've got the free B Impact Assessment. There's free carbon calculators on ECOS, on Twitter, at Sustainable Business Network, and all of the yep. resources. So don't be scared. Get started. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. I'm feeling inspired speaking to you both. So okay. it's been really fun. Yeah. Well, thank you totally. for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So please leave us a review and share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. Until next time, here's to making healthy choices and choosing well. For more on our sustainability journey and commitments, head over to healthpost.co.nz. If you have a health goal you'd like support with, please consult a health professional. Choose Well is not intended to be health advice, and the views expressed on this podcast are our own.